1: Hello, everyone, and happy Friday. Welcome to Barron's Live. It's a special Investor's Business Daily installment. I'm Allie Coram, Multimedia Content Editor at IBD. And joining me on the show today, we've got Ed Carson, our news editor. And you know, Ed, it was just about one year ago, October 2021, that IBD did its first episode of Barron's Live, and you and I were there. So it's like a happy one-year anniversary to -hmm. us.
0: That's right. Well, we finally get a get chance to see each other again. Uh, that's very nice. I uh, know it's 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 fun doing these, uh, and uh, it's amazing. It's already been a year.
1: I know. Can't believe it. So uh, that's exciting to mention. And we've got an exciting, uh, you know, lineup today of topics that we want to discuss because, Ed, in 2022, we've been in this crazy bear market. And speaking of crazy, yesterday's upside reversal was pretty darn crazy. But we're gonna talk about what signals uh, we can look at for what is actually a market bottom and uh, the signals that can help us identify a tradable rally, if not the next bull market. And also buying opportunities that we should be looking at so a lot to get to so let's get right to it we'll talk about the indexes and technical levels uh, that we're looking at but first uh, let's talk about you know what a trader should do prep wise to prepare for the next tradable rally
0: i mean what you want to be doing ally is looking for what are the kind of stocks that, that you might want to take advantage of when we do start seeing real market strength. You don't want to be a few days in and go, wow, the market's doing well. Maybe I should buy something and, and, and buy something without really doing the research. So this is a good time to be building up your watch list, looking for stocks that are setting up showing relative strength versus the market versus the S and P 500. And, you know, and, and continually changing that because some of these names come on, come off, and just being ready. So, it's sort of like that that off season, there's a lot of off season training. This is the off season for the market when you're in a deep bear market, but you want to be ready. So, uh, because sometimes the big leaders are the ones that are the first to break out or the first to really flash out, out there. So, uh, that's when that's when the money is made and that's what, you know, investors should be doing.
1: Yeah, and you make a good point about making sure that you're continually updating those watch lists because some stocks that just a couple of weeks ago we thought were the strongest in the market have now shown weakness. Uh, And I'm going to go on over to my charts here. Click the wrong button there. But we have Enphase, E and PH in the solar sector uh, pulled up here for those who are watching the video version. And uh, like I said, just a number of weeks ago, this was uh, one of the strongest stocks in the market, but now we're seeing it below its uh, 50-day line for a number of weeks in a row here. So uh, that doesn't mean that phase's run is totally over, but we uh got to be focused on now, okay, what are the stocks that are still holding up above that key 50-day line or the 10-week line on a weekly chart, that red line? Uh, Because like you said, it's the stocks that are resisting the downdraft the most that could be those first ones to make the big moves when we do get the market in our favor that, you know, that wind behind us instead of, uh, you know, know, trying to run into the wind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you should be telling me, we, at IBD, we have a ready and a watch list, and that's not a bad idea for individual investors. Get a list of like a handful of stocks or a decent list of stocks that are actionable or close to being actionable, but don't neglect, especially in a bear market, a broader list. I mean, there will be stocks that are showing real strength versus the market that actually are below their 50-day and 200-day mm. line, so they may not be ready to go, and they might need need several days or even a few weeks. But things that oh, these are still holding up. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of damaged charts. I mean, the market has been going down at a pretty steady clip. Not many charts are looking pristine out there, and so it's just something to to be watching for and being ready for the you know that these these may actually be ones that shape up uh, in when we do get a tradable rally.
1: Okay. So when it comes to building that watch list, what sectors should we be focused on? I know that's something that our audience here today is very interested in. Is it going to be those oil and gas stocks that have been leading for much of the year? If we're you know, growth investors, we're looking for, for areas that have you know, maybe a stronger fundamentals. Is it going to be those solar stocks or biotechs What sectors do you think should we be focused on right now, Ed?
0: Uh, The energy sector still has a lot of strength. It sort of runs on different fundamentals to a certain extent than the rest of the market. Uh, Still very prone to big shifts in oil and gas, and so it's not a guarantee. Medicals. There's a lot of reasons. It's sort of a defensive growth area, and you know they're somewhat insulated from the economy. Whether the economy goes up or down, healthcare spending tends to be fairly, fairly stable and growing. So those are some areas, the biotechs, some health insurers, uh, there are some names, but you know there are some growth names out there, uh, they know, like Shockwave, which is in the medical space. There's a few others that are getting hit, like uh, Wolfspeed, which is sort of an EV-focused chipmaker. These are not ready to go, like Shockwave, in another week, maybe that breaks down. You know, I'm not, so it, it, these are things that come on and off. So this is not necessarily this is a guarantee, but there are definitely a number of areas that may be working out. That's part of the reason why you want a broad watch list, because there are a lot of things where you think, well, if you could just get a few good days, all of a sudden, a lot of these stocks would look strong. But probably a lot of them will not be the ones that actually lead the market or they may do okay, but they don't lead. So uh, definitely want to have uh, an open mind because you don't know which ones will go. This one has done well, but now it's suddenly dropped off this week could bounce back but you know we'll see
1: Mm -hmm. this one as in wolf wolf speed here in the semiconductor manufacturing group all right ed while going to the market now as i mentioned on thursday a huge upside reversal we are now seeing some resistance today and uh the major indexes pulling in a little bit after that strong move that we saw on Thursday but uh, you know what about the investors out there who are thinking well when you get that strong move higher basically a 5% swing you know from that gap down to where we closed i want to be catching the bottom here and what about stocks like amazon and apple and tesla that's what i should be buying that's gotten so far beaten down, right? What should uh, those investors be thinking about?
0: Well, first is that, you know, you you look on this, this chart, you can see a lot of days where there were some big spikes, big intraday reversals. And sometimes there were some small, you know, some gains for a short time, but often they quickly petered out uh, along the way. So uh, we don't know. This was day one of a rally attempt. Uh, the major indexes are generally stuck below the 21-day moving average, which is the green line for those who are watching along. Uh, you know, this is why we tend to wait for, at IVD. we talk about a follow-through day, which is not foolproof, but it's like you wait a few days into a rally attempt, and then one or more of the major indexes shows a really big gain in in higher volume the prior session, just gives you an idea that, you know, maybe big institutions are taking part, that this has legs, you know, that it's really going to get going, because we don't know, because is this it, this may end up just being a blip if we fall off and go to new lows over the next week or so? This will just be like, oh, that was sort of interesting at rally that day, but it didn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. We just don't know yet,
1: right? And so, we are going to talk about some historical examples that uh, are some of those. Big upside reversal days, and what happened after the fact, uh, just to give us, um, you know, some potential scenarios that could play out from here with a big move to the upside uh, that we saw in Thursday's session. Uh, But before we do that, Ed, let's stay on the current chart and talk about some of the rallies that we've had this year. Uh, So we're in the context of an overall downtrend, but we've seen a couple of bear market rallies here and there. So it seems like if we, you know, look at Um, Some of the recent moves higher in the market that uh, could also provide us some clues about what to look for uh, here coming up, because we may not get that next bull market just yet, given the sort of interest rate environment that we are in with the Fed rising rates. And it looks like they're going to continue to rise rates and at the very least uh, may not cut rates for a very long time, but we could get some tradable rallies at the very least. So let's just take a look at uh, the last one and show how investors uh, could have positioned themselves to take advantage of these couple of strong weeks in the market. Um, So let's start with the follow through day that we did see. And then from there, what would have been the signals to start adding exposure? based on what we saw unfold in the major indexes.
0: Yeah, there was a follow-through day. There were some stocks that were showing some interest, and that, that, that was a signal to maybe try to take part. Usually you try to take part in a follow-through day uh, in some regard. But then and we immediately... Was, got, just yeah. for
1: those who are listening to the podcast yes. version of this, uh, the 24th of June is the day that we're talking about.
0: Yeah, and the NASDAQ got above its 21-day moving average, so there were some strong gains there. But then the then the Nasdaq quickly struggled. A a day later, it not it fell really sharply, uh, and on the 28th of June, it was now below uh, the the low of the follow through day, and that is a very bearish sign actually. And usually, like there's been some research that 90% of follow through days fail, like it goes to new lows.
1: If that um, happens, yeah. If
0: that happens, now as it turned out, it didn't happen. We came down quite a came down a few more days, but then uh, steadied. Hit resistance at the 50-day line, so we really hadn't broken, and we hadn't really broken to new highs for the rally. And then finally, uh, late July, we, you know, we came um, on. This was July 19th. Finally, broke above uh, on the Nasdaq uh, the 50-day line. There was some decent volume too, so that was that was, uh, or at least higher than we had seen for the prior couple of weeks. it was sort of a, a low volume time. So that was a signal. Okay, now we're getting above the 50-day line. Now we're sort of starting to clear some resistance. That was a time to maybe start thinking about clearing resistance. But but I'll be honest, a couple of days later, we came right back down. It, again, it was fits and starts. This is one reason yeah. why we were not saying, hey, just go full bore on the fall right. through. Don't go full bore. It was definitely take your time, baby, gradually step in. Uh, so it wasn't until right around in you know, like the beginning, very end of July that we sort of Had a stretch for a few weeks where it started becoming a little more stable. We went up for little ways, um, but even then it was only for about you know like less than three weeks. Right. And then this is where uh, all the indexes hit resistance around the two hundred day line. Uh, The S and P actually came within a point of the two hundred day line, and they also came up to the forty week line. And it very quickly deteriorated. There was a lot of other news going on. Um, You know, Fed chief Powell's You know a speech in jackson hole in late august there's job reports there's consumer price indexes but that was uh that marked the time so there was a Mm -hmm. time for about three weeks where there was really three maybe four weeks but it was it wasn't necessarily easy and there was time to make Mm -hmm. money but then it did quickly end so you needed to be able to scale back out you know we did not take long to have some really big negatives
1: Exactly. And what I think this shows is how important it is to track the action of the major indexes instead of just looking at the stock level. I think that stock level is the most important but I, I think also analyzing the major indexes and looking at where they are in relation to the shorter term and longer term moving averages can just give you that added context and uh, that maybe that confidence to be cautiously optimistic, but also know when a potential tradable rally is running out of steam. And that's what we saw when we got that resistance at that 200-day line.
0: Yeah, and that's absolutely what we had. We tried to fight back a few weeks later so it looked like hey four strong days of course we rallied right into uh the august consumer price index and that did not turn out well so uh and then then we sort of kept on going down and and ultimately all the major indexes you know undercut their june lows setting new bear market lows uh so in that context you look at all that and it's like oh we had a big gain yesterday nice especially from the intraday lows But we're hitting resistance at the 21-day line, which we've really not done, had a real trouble over the last several weeks. Uh, Coming back down, bond yields are moving back up today after coming off their highs. So there's still a lot of headwinds. There's not really evidence that we've broken this downtrend over the long term or even just from Mm mid-August and waiting to see. To see that, so when you look at some of these other, yeah, you know, these, these 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 examples of how this this rally went and how this downtrend went, haven't seen that tr- shift yet.
1: Mm-hmm. So we'll keep an eye out for a tradable rally. The f- the first step would be to get uh, one of those follow through days, as you mentioned, Ed. Uh, so early on in a rally attempt, just a, a couple of days in, four could four days maybe could take longer, but we're looking for a strong gain in some stronger volume uh, than the previous session. That's That seems like step one, also getting above the short-term moving averages. Then we have that 50-day line. So we'll just continue to see as things progress, Can can we get above these key levels and can we stay above them? Can we start seeing a trend in price? And along with that, the stocks that are, as you mentioned, setting up an actionable to put that money to work because that's that's a really big clue as well. If there isn't that high quality merchandise, then um, you know what that shows us is that maybe the market does need a little bit more time to repair. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I do think that over the last few months, leading stocks have been looked a little better than uh, the major indexes. Now, those leading stocks sometimes change, but there's been some strength. Well, one of the things that happened the last couple of weeks is that you really saw a lot more than breakdown. Not all of them, uh, but that was something to to set up. So, if we do rebound, is there going to be a lot to buy? There, there, it'll depend on when we we do turn. But absolutely, if there's not a lot to not a lot to buy, that's that's sending a signal for sure.
1: Okay, well, let's take a look at some historical examples now on the NASDAQ uh, that kind of looked like what we saw in Thursday's session. So uh, this is with our, our market research director, Justin Nielsen. He crunched the numbers for us after IUBD Live this morning, uh, so that way we could uh, give you guys uh, some interesting information in uh, today's Barron's Live, uh, some ultra fresh analysis for you. Uh, So uh, some of the more recent examples, Ed, came uh, during COVID. So I'm just going to change the date here back to 2020. And uh, there were a number of strong days in here. So let's see, uh, you know, the 2nd of uh, March in 2020 but also uh, the 10th. I think this is a a good example here. We did close up 5%, uh, but that didn't mark the bottom. So that's another point to make here is just because you get a really strong move that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the absolute bottom.
0: Yeah, I mean the best days in market history are in bear markets. So you can't just take one day in isolation and say that's the bottom. Uh, yeah this was I mean what amazing. It was so fast. It was amazing how quickly that went down. Uh, we did did bounce back and I don't think anybody was really oh wow. so when it did bounce finally, I don't think anybody was really thinking, oh yeah, this is it. We're going. Uh, but the market kept on building steam. Uh, there was I believe a follow through day on the SP on April 4th. it was sort of a strange day because, mm-hmm. It was sort of an inside day, certainly on the NASDAQ. I think it was an inside day. So it was just barely not an inside day on the S&P on April 2nd. Then it was a couple of days later that the NASDAQ did. And then it felt like, okay, now I think we really started feeling like this was a little bit more because that first one, because often follow-through days will fail in a bear market and the first one and after that kind of sell off. But, you know, and this just kept on going. I think a lot of people we were doubting and it's like, okay, well, we'll see. Let's see what happens when we get to the 50-day line. And it, you know it teased around there for while, a little bit yeah. a little bit but then it was really off to the races after that point
1: but we were still in an uptrend if you look yes at, absolutely. If you look at the price action there was a clear trend higher at that point
0: and this is why like if you're building gradually and then it's like okay then after yeah you know so there was reasons no real reasons to get out hadn't really shaken things too much and then when we blew through the 50-day line convincingly there was just a real reason to really step on the gas because of how, how strong the market It kept on finding support of the 21 day line, you know, a bunch of times instead of hitting resistance at the 21 day line, which is what we're doing now.
1: Mm-hmm. So another great example of how a market turned developed and it didn't just happen on the first 5% plus gain <laughs> on a potential bottom. There, are, there was a lot more that, you know, needed to happen before we got those signals of the next run in the market and now let's go back even further ed to 2011 some other great examples here including august 9th 2011 so let me go to that day here there you go hey that was a that was a bottom for a brief bit but there was a lot of chop That happened afterwards, so it wasn't clear that that big upside reversal was the ultimate low.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could have bought the bot if you bought the very bottom. I guess you you could have had a decent gain, but boy, you would have had to you would have been really have had to time that one. Uh, There was like a debt crisis going on, so there's a lot of volatility in that regard. Yeah, really volatile action. It would have been hard to hold anything in this thing because anytime you buy anything, the market goes down uh and it it ultimately petered out it hit resistance at the 50-day line and that sometimes happens is that you have those things that's sort of what happened now it's like come up and then sort of roll over again Mm -hmm. uh and really didn't see that sign finally finally did a little bit better but even then that rolled over again so we hit a bottom
1: yeah Yeah. go ahead
0: that was another tradable rally but you can see how it's like well you can't just say well this one's for real but look we're above the 200-day line well we did that a couple of times but just didn't convincingly really blast through it mm-hmm. and uh, then we sold off again so again uh, just some really wild difficult market action even if there was at that point now what it would look like a bottom but you know it was, it was pretty wild and it wasn't then until you know really really the end of the year beginning of 2012 that it's like okay now it seems like we're getting through there above the tuna day line above the trend line And then there are a series of weeks. It's just amazing, again, you know, how like just getting a few weeks, you can get some pretty decent gains if you're nimble here. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you jump early, then maybe this is, you know, this was a rally that, you know, had some had some real legs. And, you know, that that's you want to be taking part of it. But trying to jump in and guessing the bottom, you can get hit so hard, even if you are close to a bottom. There still can be a lot of action for several weeks, several months before things really turn turn in you know uh, in a steady sustained uptrend
1: right such great points there uh, and now we want to go to I th- I think there was another one in uh, 2011 that Justin suggested we look at and that is uh, October 4th so yeah that's what we talked about that um, that tradable rally but again the uh, you you got to be aware that even though if you get some short term momentum, you then could still hit resistance at or around the 200 day line. So um, until you get above that level and and stay above it, it seems like the strategy should be more of a, a short term mindset. Uh, you know, play small, take profits into strength when you have it. Instead of all right, now I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hold here because then that's when you could round trip your gains, right? Yeah, this was
0: or much worse. And you could see that if you really if you if you took off on the, um, you know, the bottom around October, waited a few days. Okay, it's above the 50 day line. It didn't take too long for the market to reverse lower a bunch of other stocks to to undercut that area. So just a lot of wild action. And that's not that's not as much uh, fun. You know, you want to make you want to try to make it as easy as possible on yourself. And, if, and, and this was not an easy environment to be making mm-hmm. money and definitely, definitely wanted to be nimble. And so if we do get a new uptrend, probably mm-hmm. do want to be thinking in that nimble short term
1: mm-hmm.
0: mindset, as you say.
1: Right. Something else that we've uh, talked a lot about on IBD Live that I definitely think is worth mentioning here is look at the price swings in this tradable rally versus the more (laughs) orderly uptrend that unfolded. So that's the other thing that we're looking at. We want the volatility to go down. We want this price swings from day to day to go down as well. That's uh, another clue that we're going to be keeping our eyes out for.
0: Yeah, I think Chris Gessel, uh chief content officer, talked about wanting to see dignified gains, and uh, recently, and so these wild gains—I mean, they're fun, they're nice, and there's nothing wrong to have something like that. But you want that kind of steady, right. steady gains, that dignified rally.
1: Right? Yeah. Just look at look at the difference there. I mean, it's it's very apparent here to the eye. Once you've accustomed your eyes to looking for, for this, uh, the difference here that we're seeing also just uh, the volume profile as well, right? Starting to see a lot more blue, uh, blue spikes here versus uh, this other rally attempt that we saw. And last but not least, let's go back uh, to 2001. We'll, we'll skip 2008. We're going go to, we're just going to go back to 2001 here and let me see if I can get my dates right. I want to go uh, further on here because we want to take a look at March. 2001, I believe. So yeah, here we go. The 22nd of March, 2011, we did get a a pretty sizable upside reversal closing up uh, almost 4%, but that didn't mark the ultimate low ed.
0: Yeah. And this, at this point, we were a year into a bear market. Well, in like uh, basically a year and a half. So you certainly could have argued, okay, we're done now, right? I mean, uh, so, but, you know, it just kept on it just kept on going here. Um, actually, no, this was a year. This was a year in. Yeah. So we had a couple of um,
1: couple, potential oh, lots of huge reversals. Yeah. You that had a just lot of huge days. Work
0: out. A lot of huge days. And there had been uh, a rally the prior summer that did petered out. So here we go. Uh, it just sort of it just didn't start off tremendous. I mean, there was a nice game, but it wasn't the biggest thing. I think, uh, you know, so we, we picked up for a little while, but it wasn't um, – didn't necessarily believe that it was going to be something amazing. Uh, it did turn out to be a decent tradable rally and there was some nice action here, but then it, it petered out. It didn't break down like some of the others. Like, Again, yeah, I went through the 50 day line, but it sort of went sideways for quite a while. So I think a lot of investors can be in these, sometimes the sideways markets are the worst because you can, okay. you can imagine I'm going to buy it. It's going back above the 50 day line and then it fades off because it goes sideways. Even if the market isn't going anywhere, it can be very difficult to navigate because, you know, end up uh, buying high and selling low. And then it finally hit resistance and then broke down uh, that summer, going to new lows uh, in 2000, you know, 2001 here. Uh, you know, but uh, so wiping out, wiping out the, all the gains at that point. So there was probably some gains for a few weeks. And then, but then it became tough flooding again. And then it was something mm-hmm. you definitely wanted to have nothing to do with.
1: Right. And so when we go back to today, we could see a tradable rally from here. We could have further down to go. But I think in either scenario, it's important for investors to not throw in the towel, even if we do have uh, further down to go, because I I think with all of those historical examples that we looked at, you could see how quickly things could change in just a matter of days, right?
0: Yeah, and that's why, in fact, because things can change so quickly, you don't want to go in too early because you don't want to wear yourself out. I think the example is like if, like, if you love swimming, well, you know, if you if you and then you go swimming every day when it's forty degrees in January and you do that day and day, and then you're sick um, when the, when the things actually when it's actually beach weather, you won't be ready mentally and you'll be physically and mentally exhausted. You want to be you want to be ready for when the things turn, not try to you know, try to make the turn happen, you know, like, turns like oh, I'm going to guess the absolute bottom. Uh, just want to be ready for that, that scenario, because yeah, it can change quickly. But you just want to see a little bit of evidence, and then still be cautious. Is this going to be something short term or long term, because eventually, we'll go right. not just have a tradable rally, we'll have a bull market. But we mm-hmm. don't know if that's going to be next week, uh, next month, or, or next year, or even beyond that, before we have a really strong market again
1: right and i think also the other uh, you know metaphor of uh odds and thinking about making bets right do we want to take a risky bet you know could this could this be the ultimate bottom yeah well that's a risky bet if you have more evidence to be able to put the odds in your favor especially when it comes with uh, money that i know a lot of people in our audience are you know looking to uh, grow over the next 6 to 12 to 18 months to 5 to 10 years you know that precious capital i wouldn't want to be making risky bets with the, uh, with my capital i would want to make a safer bet
0: yeah that's that's absolutely right and you just when the market's really in your favor it just makes things so much easier and then you're then, then you start to try to find select the right stocks but the m is just so important, you know. The market is just overrides just about almost everything else.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because otherwise you're you're kind of swimming against the tide. Uh, Ed, another question to tackle here as we uh, look to wrap up soon would be about uh, you know I mentioned sort of maybe a longer term time horizon. Uh, so then that that opens up the question of well, is there you know part of my portfolio that I should be handling differently? Than you know, sort of the actively managed uh, part of my account, and uh, so how how should investors be thinking about their retirement accounts if they didn't you know go to cash early on in this bear market? If they've just held at this point, you know, what should the appropriate strategy be?
0: I mean, with a four hundred one k, I mean, you could have like moved to cash early on, but that's that's that can be difficult to remember to do that. Uh, at this point, it seems like we've gone down a lot and it just feels like chance it doesn't mean that we're going to turn around anytime soon, but it does feel like if you're looking on a horizon of five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years that, you know, you probably was just to stick with it and do the dollar cost averaging. We don't, we don't talk about buying, you know, doubling down on stock, individual stocks that right. are falling. But if you're talking about, you know, your long-term retirement accounts, broadly diversified cost. funds broadly diversified funds not a fund in one stock or something you know or one tiny sector uh but broadly diversified funds that's something that uh will probably work out and you know mm-hmm. chances are uh it's just probably not better cuz then if you go to cash then you might forget to get back in and or or wait for several weeks and end up losing on that so it's just probably better at that point um again the market could complete the tank, but that just seems like the probably the path mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense at this point.
1: Right. And for as much as IBD founder Bill O'Neill is known for market timing and that active, uh, actively managed portfolio, he does have a chapter in his book, How to Make Money in Stocks that's all about making millions in mutual funds. And the strategy there is, as Ed said, if you have a time horizon of at least 10 to 15 years. Going with that dollar cost averaging and to take advantage of the compounding, that uh, is definitely a strategy to go with for uh, that uh, you know those types of long-term accounts. But in terms of actively managed accounts, if you're going to be uh, you know trying to time the market uh, or you know pick individual stocks. Ed, we want to be keeping our losses small, right? And uh, there is a question here about uh, levels of cash to be in versus in stocks right now. And how do you know um, when to either increase exposure or reduce exposure?
0: I mean, there's nothing wrong with being entirely in cash, at least in terms of the actively, which you're actively managing, or or, or very slightly in invested because there just hasn't. Uh, you know, the it depends on your investing style. Some people are willing to make that or jump in and jump out, almost have more of a day trading or definitely a swing trading mentality. That's a little different, but uh, it depends on your style. If stocks are working and the market continues to make progress, you can, you know, add more exposure. And then it's like, if those stocks aren't working, you want to be scaling out. And it's just as uh, that's pretty much the best strategy there is just to make, you know, be prudent portfolio management. You can't just say, well, I've got my bullish cap on. I'm going to be bullish. You know, just have to be flexible, especially around market turns. You don't know if that turn is really going to hold or not.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, a couple more questions to get to here, Ed. And one is from Donald, and he wants to know uh, about signals about a stock's turnaround in earnings. So going from declining earnings to an uptrend. You know, so for uh, turnaround stocks, because what one in five winners of, of every market cycle are going to be more of those turnaround names. So what signals should we be looking for with turnaround stocks?
0: Uh, yeah, looking for stocks that are starting, like, not just, you know, turning turning around on earnings, beating expectations quite a bit. You look at the earnings estimates, are they strong? Because that can be a real expectations breaker on a positive front, because the market may not have priced that in. It's like they were thinking, well, this, this company is losing money, or this company <laughs> isn't growing, and then suddenly that changes. It can take a while to catch up. So those are... Definitely the kind of things to be looking for. Looking for that the the shift. Looking for the beats. Looking for what are the estimates, uh, and you know, yeah, those are, there can be some real opportunities there.
1: Great, and then we also have a question from John, who is saying, "Hold up!" I mean, I'm paraphrasing here. He didn't say "hold up," but hold up. Why are we looking at what happened in 2020 or 2011 or 2001? Uh, Economic conditions are so different right now. Why place such importance on history? And quickly, first, I would just say that history, of course, is never going to exactly repeat, but it does often rhyme. And we've looked at pretty much every market uh, period, whether it was, you know, the early to mid-90s, the 1970s, and so many different markets. And I think that there's something to be learned from all of them. Uh, we, we don't know which one is exactly going uh, to play out from here. It's not going to exactly play out in the same way. But I think there's something that we can learn from all past market cycles, even if conditions might be a little different today. What do you think, Ed?
0: I, I completely agree. And I would also say is that the charts – reflect market psychology this is the collective psychology the fear and greed that doesn't change uh you know follow-through days have been something that have worked for a century and more than a century we're looking at historical records so yeah the economic conditions change it is it is different from this but everyone's different but that's why you look at these patterns you look at the trends like are you know if you're looking to see if the market's going to turn. Well, what would be the sign? You know, the follow three days would probably work. It's like, are, are we really showing strength? Are investors willing to put money down? Uh, and is that continuing to work? Are, are leading stocks setting up and breaking out? Those are the things that have worked over time, um, have been real good signals of a market bottom, uh, regardless of the economic conditions. And uh, that's probably the, your, your best bet going forward
1: right and i also uh to add to that i think put simply uh, not every follow-through day leads to a big market rally but every big market rally begins with a follow-through day
0: now that that is that is exactly right
1: so that's why we uh, place such importance on that all right well just in closing let's just give a quick little recap here ed of what we're going to do to prepare for that next market rally
0: i think the key is like we want to stay engaged and want to pay attention because you know just know how the market's doing so if the market does show strength you know you're you're You'll ready to go you're going to be there but then you, the real issue is building your watch list maybe getting a list of stocks that are really holding up well you know above their moving averages but have a wider list, wider list of stocks that are just showing relative strength even if their charts don't look great And just keep updating that. There's going to be a lot of change. Why did I bother? I had to change this. It's like, you just keep getting ready, keep getting ready. So when that time comes, you are ready to go.
1: Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want to know more about building watch lists or finding leading industry groups and sectors, check out some of our past Barron's Live episodes, whether it's wherever you get your podcasts, you can check out the archive there, but also at investors.com slash videos and IBD's YouTube channel. We have a playlist of a number of our past Barons live episodes. So you can check that out for more information about some related topics to help you set up your watch lists, run screens, so much good stuff there in our archive. So definitely check that out. And that is it for today. We really appreciate everyone joining us and make sure to tune in on Barron's Live, for Barron's Live on Monday, where Senior Managing Editor Lauren R. Rublin uh, and Deputy Editor Ben Levinson and Barry Bannister, Managing Director and Chief Equity Strategist at Stiefel, they're going to discuss the outlook for financial markets, industry groups, sectors, and individual stocks. So make sure you tune in on Monday. Thanks so much for watching, everyone. And we'll see you back here next month.
0: The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.